Chapter 8, Facet 4, Leading Clients Demonstrate Heartfelt Caring. You've all seen it. Put profit at the heart of your business and you really won't be in business for that long. Put clients at the core and demonstrate heartfelt caring and you're assured a brilliant reputation and, along with the appropriate systems, a brilliant business. You'll get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. Zig Ziglar. But what do clients really want? Well, they all want very different things and they all want the same things. You see, although customers have unique personalised needs, we've found those needs fit into a few specific categories and a logical hierarchy. Yes, it's a bit like our old favourite Maslow's hierarchy of needs in every psychology text and leadership program. Over the years, I've taken our own experience and that of others to produce my very own client hierarchy of needs. The key here is to exceed clients' expectations at every level of the hierarchy. It's imperative that each need is satisfied without moving on to the next. In fact, trying to fulfill the next need up the hierarchy before fulfilling the one below often leads to mistrust, annoyance and other disasters. For each level, clients will have different reactions because of the different level of service you are providing and a judgment about that service. The pattern goes like this, client needs, client reaction, client judgment of your service level. Who's your client? Great question. First, at the human enterprise, we see clients differently. We don't see them as the corporation. We see them as the individual people within the organization. They're not ABC Limited or XYZ Limited. They're Tom, Dick and Harriet. They're individuals with individual tastes, desires, and needs. Second, they're not just people who buy from you, be it tangible goods or services. They are anyone to whom you provide a service. Obviously, I'd encourage you to apply this model to both internal and external clients. External clients are anyone outside the organization to whom you provide a product or service, and internal clients are anyone within the organization to whom you provide a product or service. Your clients have four client needs that must be fulfilled to demonstrate heartfelt caring. Each one must be fulfilled before progressing to the next. It's a bit like the amazing race. If you don't complete the work at each station, you can't progress. One, logical needs. As the baseballers say, this is the cost of getting into the ballpark. They are the minimum requirements, logical needs, that the client has of you. It's what they would expect to get from any provider. In fact, these needs don't really differentiate you, but their absence will have you being dropped in an instant. In this regard, they are like Hertzberg's satisfies. They don't really motivate, inspire or engage you but the absence of them will demotivate, disengage, and leave you uninspired. Here are some examples of logical needs fulfilled that will have a different value for both your internal and external clients. You deliver fast and on time. You have a large selection. You deliver effective solutions. Your service is predictable. Your products or services are high quality. It's easy to get the information clients need. Two, emotional needs. These are just that. Fulfilling these needs show you care about someone as a person, not just as a client with whom you're doing business. 
and it's well beyond the birthday email. First, it could be remembering clients' names or knowing about their families. It could be asking about their hobbies outside of work, and not just because a superior told you to build rapport, but out of genuine interest. Here's a list of some emotional needs fulfilled. You do little things that say you care about me. I feel special dealing with you. You understand me when I'm in a hurry. You give me a sense of control. You listen to my situation or needs. I can deal with people, not machines. Pain cessation needs. There's an old maxim in business that we buy either to gain pleasure or to avoid or cease pain. Just as important as giving your customers what they want is also taking away the pain that they are experiencing. How do you do this? How do you know this? Well, you simply ask the following question. What are the key frustrations you have doing business with someone like us? This is a brilliant question, and I'll tell you why. First of all, it assumes your customer has frustrations. That's always a good start, rather than thinking everything is hunky-dory. The mere asking of the question is a beautiful presupposition. It presupposes a frustration and the client will begin to search for one rather than simply asking, do you have any frustrations? Where the client has to answer yes or no and often it's easier to take the no route. Second, it presupposes that your customer could have several frustrations, not just one. As soon as they get the question, they are forced to think, let's see, do I have several frustrations? Which one shall I pick to discuss? Some of the biggest brand builders on the planet use this technique. Take the legendary story of Tom Monaghan, founder and ex-president of Domino's Pizza. Yes, I know it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. If you're under 30, you may believe that we've always had hot, home-delivered pizza since the Stone Age. Not so. You come home and you don't want to cook. You think about ordering pizza. But then you think again because you're hungry enough to eat the whole pizza. You don't want to wait for almost an hour and then get cold pizza anyway. That's where Monaghan from Domino's Pizza came in. He recognised these key frustrations and did something about it. He improved his processes, the way pizza got into the oven, a huge local store network and other new business practices even down to using corrugated pizza delivery boxes to both protect the pizza and keep them warm. Delivering pizza fast is not a matter of driving fast. It's a matter of getting them in the oven fast. Tom Monaghan. And that's where that early Domino's promise was born. Hot pizza delivered to your door in 30 minutes or your money back. Notice that this has nothing to do with the quality of the pizza and everything to do with alleviating the key frustrations of the customer. Four, unanticipated needs. But perhaps the most powerful way to exceed clients' needs and demonstrate heartfelt caring is to show that you're thinking about them and what they need long before they even realise it and long before they've expressed it or asked for it. In doing so, you're creating what Seth Godin, author of Purple Cow, calls a remarkable business, one that people remark on to others. It's so simple. More than any other gesture, it shows you really, truly care. 
It's when a client shares how his son is struggling at school and you send him a contact who motivates kids to feel differently about themselves and teaches learning strategies. Or a client opens up about how she is struggling with her boss and you send her an article on managing upwards or do some free coaching with her. Whatever the case, it has to be something you do for clients, not just talk about. As Scott Peck says in The Road Less Travelled, A New Psychology of Love, Traditional Values and Spiritual Growth, love is a doing word. Here's another example. I arrive at a hotel coughing a little. The doorman took the bags to the room and checked that we were all settled. Then around 10 minutes later, there was a knock on the door. Who is it? I asked. It's the porter, sir. Is everything all right? Absolutely, sir. I just have a small gift for you. I opened the door and he handed me a pack of lozenges. Mr. Mitchell, I heard your coughing and could see it was uncomfortable, so I thought these may at least soothe the throat a little. Now, the fact that he said all of this and didn't just hand me the lozenges is vital. We will look at that in a minute. I was blown away because it was totally unexpected. I offered him a tip and he declined saying, maybe next time, sir. Let's look at why this is so powerful and the energy it creates. I once had a chat with one of the co-founders of Sherlaws, an extremely successful global consulting firm. We were talking about meeting clients' needs and we both agreed that giving something unexpected to a client says so much. It raises the energy and feelings of heartfelt caring to new levels. The co-founder then drew up a grid similar to the one pictured. With acknowledgement to Sherlaws, I'll share it here. It's your standard four-box consulting model, yet it says so much. On the horizontal axis, you have whether or not a need was requested, so requested or not requested. And on the vertical axis, you have whether or not you delivered that service, delivered, not delivered. Within each of the four boxes, there's a certain energy created. Box one, that's where it was requested and delivered, big deal. The energy is static. Box two, where it was requested and not delivered, pissed off. The energy is down. Box three, not requested, not delivered, duh. It's a zero-sum game. The energy again is static. Box four, not requested, but delivered. Wow, you guys are remarkable. The only way to get an uplift in energy and therefore perception of service levels is to deliver the unexpected. There are whole books on customer service that can tell you how to do this. But as a leader, your role is pretty simple. Have your antenna out. We call it situation sensing in Why Should Anyone Be Led By You? Deliberately have an intention of listening, feeling and seeing unspoken needs. Then, and this is important, one, don't say what you're going to do. It's the surprise factor or the fact that it is unanticipated that makes it so remarkable. Remember that I had no idea that the porter was going to give me the lozenges. Two, make the invisible visible. Don't simply give the service and expect the client to link it back to you. When the thinking or thought behind the gesture is described, it makes the gesture even more powerful. 
Remember, the porter didn't just say, no worries. He made the invisible visible by describing the need he saw and then offering the solution to my pain. After I've worked with clients for a while, I love doing those extra things for them, but not until those logical, emotional and key frustration needs have been met. Combining all four needs. Many great businesses have been built on meeting their clients' logical, emotional, pain cessation, their key frustrations and unanticipated needs. Ever taken your damaged car to a panel beater? Your logical need is to have your car fixed. Your emotional need is to be treated as an individual and to have your personal situation considered. Your key frustration is not having a car to drive while yours is being repaired. The clever repairers will give you a replacement vehicle until yours is ready. Pain cessation needs met. But what are the unanticipated needs? Years ago, I took my damaged car to a panel beater on Sydney's North Shore, and I experienced all four client needs being met in the most unusual way. The first three needs were met as above, but here's where it got interesting. You see, the owner was into old classic cars. Over the years, he had collected them all. Morris Miners, Triumph Heralds, Fiat Bambinos, Wolseleys, Buicks, Dodgers, old Fords, Mark II and Mark V Jaguars, even an old XK120 Jaguar. All were in working order. The best thing was I got to choose my replacement vehicle. Wow! Unanticipated needs met. And what do you think I remarked on? The logical quality of the panel beating and the spray painting? No way! It was the retro car I drove for a week. Because in that one week, I was young again, transported back to those times of heightened emotion and a simpler way of being. All this from a panel beating business. Here's what this looks like visually in what I call Mitchell's client needs hierarchy. In the first column, you have the hierarchy of client needs. To the right is the feelings your clients experience as a result of meeting those needs. And in the last column is how they judge your service levels and the words they would use to describe it to others. Logical needs, the client reaction is satisfaction. The judgment of your service levels, good. Emotional needs, the client reaction is delight. And the judgment of your service levels, great. Pain cessation needs, the client reaction is relief, and the judgment of your service levels, awesome. Unanticipated needs, the client reaction is amazement, and the judgment of your service levels, remarkable. I truly believe, no matter what leadership role you're in, whether it be research and develop, supply chain, marketing, finance, HR or sales, we all have customers or clients. Meeting their needs should be at the heart of everything you do as a leader. But it's only when you exceed client needs that you fully demonstrate your heartfelt caring. Time for reflection. I've talked so much about looking after clients that I'm going to look like I'm going tropo on you and say exactly the opposite now. It's taken me a long while to realize it, but some clients simply aren't worth looking after. 
I'm not being defeatist, but after having spent over 35 years trying to please clients and being a bit of a pleaser in general, I finally realized you can't please everybody. I can't give you a recipe for success, but I can give you one for failure. Try to please everybody. Herbert Bayard Swope. We've all had clients, and I've certainly had my share, who were very demanding, who didn't return phone calls, who got stuff to you at the last moment, or who asked for a set fee and then placed further expectations on you beyond the original brief. Then the payment cycle got longer and longer. Two weeks, a month, three months. At times, we've had to chase overdue billings for six months, and that was for major corporates. I saw these clients as a challenge. I'd win them over, and I'd try even harder. It rarely worked. It drained me and our team. All the time, my other clients who truly wanted to work in a partnering manner got less and less attention. Yet they paid on time. They took me into their trust. They returned phone calls. They referred others to the human enterprise and they gladly gave us testimonials and they sometimes even entertained us. Why is it that the people, including friends and family, who matter most to us are right under our noses and we just don't see it? Why do we give them so little attention just because they often don't demand it? Like a spouse you've known for years, you begin to take for granted. Don't do it. Nurture them and show them heartfelt caring. A good way to do this is to fire the clients who don't work for you. Now, don't get so arrogant that you go up and say, you're fired, like in The Apprentice. But unless you are desperate, don't work with them anymore. Let them slip away. Put your energy into the clients who are a joy to work with and where there's a true spirit of partnership. Choose clients who will call you first, even though you may not be the right provider. Why? Because you can't continue to provide heartfelt service to those you perceive as heartless clients. Believe me, you'll eventually get resentful, which is really emotion coming back on yourself. Then you'll get demotivated, tired, depressed, and even sick. You can't give heartfelt service in a depressed or sick state. Neither can your people or your team. I love it when leaders support their teams in not putting up with disrespectful or rude clients and customers. Sure, sometimes things go wrong and it's important to allow people to let off steam, but not for too long and not at you or your team. It's impossible to totally respect yourself if you are constantly being disrespected by others. Sure, work it out, talk it through, and remain in partnership. But if you've done all you can do, walk away. Life is too short. I've been teaching, coaching, facilitating for a long while now. I still love it, and I absolutely love my clients. I've also fired a few along the way, along with people in our own business. I know I would never have been in the game and still be as passionate if I let certain clients get the better of me. If your clients are internal, it's tough. You can't simply walk away. But you can tell them exactly how you feel and talk about how they will get great service if you work together. Note that service doesn't mean servile. You particularly have to manage expectations up front or else you're going to have some really long days. 
I know it may feel difficult when you're starting out in your business or when you're in a new role, but if you can truly work together right from the start and be in partnership, then your energy, your longevity, your reputation, and your joy will continue to spark year after year. That's the place from where all heartfelt service comes. Week four, small tweak four. One, list all your key clients or customers down the left-hand side of the page. We want personal names, Tom, Dick, and Harriet, not customer names like Woolworths, Salesforce, Red Bull, and L'Oreal. Two, across the top of the page horizontally, write the four key needs, logical, emotional, key frustrations, and unanticipated. Three, by yourself, or even better, with your team, fill in the table. Four, once completed, list all the potential actions you could do to truly demonstrate heartfelt caring. Five, then just do it. Now you're fully present, and you're crediting your associates, you've got your team ground rules in place, and you're demonstrating heartfelt caring to customers, it's time to look at how to lead the whole organization.